What up, what up, what up? After that Tuesday night football, that was that was lit. That was lots of fun. Uh, Ryan, ha- Ryan Tannehill, actually highest scoring quarterback in all of fantasy with that performance tonight. You wouldn't believe it. Um, we are presented by DraftKings. Of course, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Throw that code DNVR in. Never a better time to join with all the great stuff they have. You can bet on fantasy points on there as well. Uh, so, yeah. What up, fellas? How uh, how are you guys doing? No Broncos game, but a whole lot of other action. I'm having a great time just sitting here watching football. I've been looking through all the fantasy stats. There, there are some pretty fun waiver claims this week. Guys like Travis Fulgham, where I'm not really sure if we're buying in or not. I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts to get off my chest. Also, Le'Veon Bell, he gets released. I I don't know. There, there's a lot going on, and I'm really excited to get to talk about all this. I feel vindicated. I was giving um, Guy uh, – no, Guy. I was giving Hank – Ooh, okay. A whole lot say, of a I whole do? lot of crap on the tailgate <laughs> for picking a Le'Veon Bell prop, mm-hmm. and uh, my man covers the prop because what did Le'Veon have to do? Like run for how forty many? yards. Forty. It was wound up at sixty. Yeah. So, right. But then, and I, you know, I, I like, we placed a bet on that or something, mm-hmm. and uh, he wins the bet. But then Le'Veon gets cut like two days later. Yeah. Well, you're forgetting the part where I also had Le'Veon on my sit list. I had him in that window where he was going to hit the prop but not be fantasy viable. And I hit that window, and uh, I feel like I deserve money for that. Yeah, Uh, you guys are patting yourselves on the back for doubting the Jets. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. (laughs) Wow. Real high-stake stuff going on here. The hottest takes Uh, ever. Truly. I will also tell you about the other bet. Hank won against me uh, this week as we move along. But, you know, week opens with Bucks bears uh, Brady would have been on my sit list, but we don't do those until later in the week. Um, and, yeah, nothing really to report there aside from Ronald Jones being a stud. So uh, far we've had five sit lists. How many times has Tom Brady been on there? But Tom Would Brady's that have been a, number three or four? A regular. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. And, like, basically I've always been right except for the one time he threw five touchdowns. Um, that one hurt. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Nick Foles, whatever. David Montgomery, if he doesn't get the touchdown, it's a disaster. Though in PPRs he does give you ten points for seven receptions and 30 yards. It is nice to see Allen Robinson be fantasy viable with these bears. But to me, the storylines from what feels like ages ago, Thursday night, is the Buccaneers wide receivers aren't necessarily super duper fantasy viable week in and week out because of Tom Brady. And Ronald Jones is kind of the guy. So, Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot going on with that team. You know, O.J. Howard was kind of the receiving threat. I said last week to pay attention to Rob Gronkowski. Don't start Rob Gronkowski, but watch what happens with O.J. Howard out. He winds up with three catches for 52 yards. Cameron Brait had five catches for 44 yards from the same position, the same tight end position. Make Cameron Brait again. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's happening, bro. That's happening. You think so? Yeah, O.J.'s hurt. Gronk isn't giving you a ton. What's happening with Godwin, man? 
I would love I to know. go back to the top 10 wide receivers because outside of Hopkins, it's a disaster. disaster. It is a disaster. And it was kind of crazy, like just looking through some of these for the game we're going to play, but I just – it is a disaster. Like you look at the average scores, like who's leading. Number one right now is a man who's only played two games. Travis Fulgham has the most points per game of any receiver right now. He's been on fire lately. I, I like the Fulgster. I like the Fulgster. Um, Do you? Know, because he's got – opportunities and rj man so one of the themes we're going to talk some would you rathers tonight we're obviously talking waivers uh fulgum atop of that list though there's another <laughs> oh canada if you know what i mean uh there's another big waiver claim this week um where was i going with that really good question <laughs> I hate that. Um, okay, we're moving on to Carolina Atlanta because it'll come back to me. Oh, we're also doing eulogies in this one. Hank, you are the more refined, classically trained journalist on this crew. How are you wow. on your eulogy right now? hurt, man. I don't um, even know my journalism. Okay. That's true. I actually don't. Even though I interviewed and brought a guy into this company, this car, I can't remember if he's classically trained as a journalist. I'll be, I'll be flat out. I'm a communication major with a journalism minor. But what I really want to know is how are you as a eulogy writer? I could write eulogies. You I, I would have liked to have had just a little time to prepare beforehand oh. but sure on the fly eulogies why not no, no you don't have to write one right now that's just my silly segment because i think it's time to sharpen your uh classically trained journal pen mm-hmm. go up into the mountains like a hunter s thompson and start mm-hmm. to type up that eulogy for leonard fournette what do you think my friend Ooh, for leonard fournette i'm <laughs> yeah Fantasy yeah. stock wise, folks. Okay. Yep. We're, we're not mean. We're, I don't wish death upon anyone. I just want <laughs> um, Was he ever alive to begin with? That's my question. <laughs> no, he showed signs week two, I swear. I think just <laughs> in time to screw a start for Ronald Jones that I went on record for, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette has his final gasp of life and then <laughs> retreats. Make <laughs> oh. me look like a fool. But I really think it's over for Leonard. And it's it's Ronald's world that we're living. Yeah, I think so too. He he just looks like such a good running back. He's like good. that's the thing is you you can look at the numbers if you want, and I guess in fantasy that's all that really matters. But if you just watch him play football, that is a really good football player, and I think that that's going to be enough to keep Leonard Fournette from being fantasy viable. Yeah, he's been a good downhill runner, and they're kind of relying on that running game. Moving along, staying in another NFC South bout, this time Panthers-Falcons, a game that kind of screws me because I thought this would be much more high-scoring than it was. This is my other bet that I lost um, this week was I bet Hank that Matt Ryan would be a top-10 fantasy producer on the week against Carolina's defense. It seemed like easy money guy. Would you believe it? Matt Ryan doesn't even get double-digit fantasy points. Um, yeah, I would believe it because I have him on a team. I end up losing that <laughs> because Matt Ryan got what six point like six point seven. Like oh, what garbage? Twenty-one yeah. of thirty-seven throws a pathetic interception in the red zone. Um, just garbage. The but 
it doesn't matter because Calvin Ridley's still the GOAT, apparently. Um, just having this insane breakout fantasy season. Todd Gurley. Anyone want to toot their horn about believing in Todd Gurley? Because he's kind of a stud and he's back. You were preaching injuries to me all during our uh, draft prep. I mean, he's not like, I don't know if I'd call him a stud necessarily, but he's been, happen. considering all the other disappointments around him, I think, you know, it's safe to say that he's at least uh, safe. He's just so hard to tackle. He's just so hard to tackle. Like, it doesn't matter that he's lost nearly all of his explosiveness. You just can't tackle that man. Yeah. 11. Running back 11. Um, outscoring guys like Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon. My fair, Miles Sanders, I think he's... He missed what two games? I think he just missed one. Okay, but, but still on I a mean, per game basis, he's probably got more more points. Yes, he does. Seventeen point one over fifteen point nine ahead of David Johnson, Nick Chubb. Um, so no, he's having he's having sorry, a nice last name. Sorry, Nick Chubb. Last name. Oh, Nick Chubb. What Korean <laughs> Hunt? Where's he at in this list? Let's see. Believe he's ahead of Nick Chubb. Is that is that correct? No, we're going by total points, so he's actually behind. What? Oh I God. must be messing him. This makes for interesting. Half point PPR. I've Kareem Hunt at eighty-two and a half points, which is sixteen and a half per game. That's seventh. I'm just not seeing him on this list. Well, anyway, we can move along on that. Yeah, but anyways, Carolina is uh, – Teddy B is great. DJ Moore resuscitated this game. That was key, though Robbie Anderson, Bobby, is still a beast. And Mike Davis has been a top 10 running back in fantasy, and he was extraordinary. I, I, really I just remembered, him. though, one of my uh, would-you-rathers is uh, for the rest of the season, Todd Gurley or Miles Sanders? I like what Sanders is doing. I yeah, yeah. I'll take Sanders. And I also yeah. think that, I mean, Dre's been tooting this horn for a while now, but Todd Gurley's kind of due for an injury here soon. So uh, I think we have to see, wait and see what happens with the new coach there in Atlanta. But I would probably be selling on Todd Gurley right now because it feels like this is, I, I think this is his ceiling. Yeah. I mean, and... If, if his ceiling is 14 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown, along with everything he did in the receiving game, like that's not a ceiling that scares you away by any means. No. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how Mike Davis is going to reshape this Carolina offense. Does this make McCaffrey more of a wide receiver? What's that do to Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore? Very interesting because Teddy's got them humming. And again, as we said Sunday morning, feels like they're just scratching the surface of what's possible in Carolina right now. Pretty exciting mm -hmm. fantasy team. And I think you can still buy low on a lot of these guys' stocks. Um, so that's an interesting one. Yeah. And by the way, that year-round bet we have of Julio over Ridley, that one's uh, – it's, <laughs> it's close to done. Yes, it truly I mean, close, is. It is done, man. Yeah, that's uh, sad. Sad what's going on with Julio. Um, 
two of the highest scoring performances of the week came from quarterbacks David Carr and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West. Derek it was Carr. Derek Carr. Oh man, I haven't done that in years. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Whoa, I used to be really good at that. Um, crazy. I just showed my age. Josh Jacobs does get two touchdowns. Um, Henry Ruggs kind of proves to be key in this one. And uh, outside of Travis Kelsey, kind of a ho-hum day from the from everyone on Kansas City outside of Mahomes. Clyde Edwards Hilaire got anyone scared or no, we're not panicking. No. My, this no. Was just a down day for the Chiefs in general. Um, I will say though, Henry Ruggs, I mean, he had two receptions for 108 yeah. yards, is that right? 72 yards and 46 yards. I mean, yeah. but if you get two of those long balls, like that's worth it, really. Sure. And but who knows? Maybe next week he gets season. three, or yeah. maybe next week he gets one. Like, I, he is a gamble. He's in that Will Fuller, like, there's a couple weeks where he's going to go off. We don't know what percentage of the weeks will be his weeks or what those weeks even look like, the ups and the downs. I'm still scared if I'm owning him. Um, I'm probably not owning you in but fantasy, still, honestly. But two for one eighteen and a touchdown—that's nineteen point eight points. That's not like I don't know. That's not like game breaking. <laughs> that's not like a three touchdown game like Will Fuller had last season. That's like it's got to be points. Yeah, I mean, it's not Chase Clay. Like that is that is a good game, but that's not something that I think that is reliable. He's it's got to be an all-time great two-catch performance, though. It's up there for sure. I mean, it's, you know, he's Marquise Brown. He's Will Fuller. I mean, guy, you warned people against this when we did our preseason wide receiver special with Tyreek Hill, who's truly Henry Ruggs' best case scenario. Much like Hill, Ruggs' value as a real football player is massive. His value as a fantasy football player, yeah, there are going to be three, four games where in daily fantasy or in, in fan, you know, normal fantasy um you're gonna kick yourself like four weeks out of the year for not putting them in your lineup the yeah, other the, 12 you're kind of chill and how do you predict it that's the problem. you don't you don't right and the other 12 weeks you're like well should i dump this guy i kind of need to make roster space you know so he, he's kind of a crappy own but he is important for the raiders offense and i do think similar to like michael thomas in the saints office and he hasn't reached this echelon but he's got something like that where if you know Ruggs is healthy and playing, you might feel a little stronger about starting Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and even a car, you know. So that's where Ruggs' value is. But uh, they are a weird wide receiving core. Like, a really fun core, though. And this is something that I hated that I was feeling this weekend. Yeah, but we all the Raiders of- fun. Can we please not do that? Oh. All of the AFC West teams are kind of fun to watch. The AFC West is always kind of lit and always very fun, and I think that's okay. Um, Any other chief takeaways? I think that kind of summed it up. Like these, these Uh, no big. Yeah, I think it was just a weird day, man. Patrick Mahomes had two touchdowns, one interception. This is the first game that he's lost by more than seven points in his entire career. That's kind of wild. I'm not looking too far in that, man. It is wild, but is it so wild when I tell you they were my lock of the week? Doesn't that explain a statistical outlier like the first time ever Patrick Mahomes loses a game? 
more than seven points. Doesn't it all start yes. to make sense now? Yeah. But at the same time, before they got that garbage time touchdown, I had the text message all typed out to point out that you had missed your lock by 27 and a half points. What a jerk. But yeah, it, it's an anomaly. I'll give you that. What? I took a sad nap and was kind of still buzzed <laughs> from the tailgate, so it was all okay. Um, speaking of still buzzed and making sense of things, Cardinals, Jets, uh, Let's start off from the positive side. Jamison Crowder is a stud. Must mm-hmm. start in fantasy leagues. Must start. Must start. Mm-hmm. Top five wide receiver in this disaster that has been the wide receiver class, especially for the top-rated guys that you drafted really highly outside of Ridley, outside of Hopkins. Jamison Crowder is a phenom, a revelation, and the rare quarterback-proof stud. So one of my one my one of my great calls of the week, and uh, g- guy, one of your great Got calls myself of the on the back since draft day, man. Absolutely, he has been outstanding. Put him in your lineup; he's guaranteed twenty points. He's a walking twenty points. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Joe Flacco, we don't care. Um, <laughs> on the Arizona side, again, Hopkins, dope. Kirk coming around a little more. Chase Edmonds, that. Pesky little bugger with just eight touches gets himself a touchdown, gets himself more yards than Kenyon Drake. Again, is it time for young Hank to fly up to to go up to the mountains, go to his writer's cabin, and type up the eulogy for one Kenyon Drake? What do you guys think? Is it time, guy? I don't think so, no. No, <laughs> come on, man. In terms, in terms of like rushing attempts, I'm looking right now. Kenyon Drake with 18, Chase Evans with three, so he's still getting a large chunk of volume. He only had 60 yards on those 18 attempts, which isn't the best. What is that like? 3.5, 3. 3.3, 3. Yeah. sure. Um, he still had a touchdown. Uh, I just think that in terms of like, I, I just wish they would use him more in the passing game. He only had one target, one reception in the passing game. It just seems like they're not really. That's game the, planning that direction. It's not that he doesn't have the talent. It's he's just become weird their north-south bell cow is what's weird. And, and they were Edmund, using it that way last season. So what changed? Why are they doing that? And slowly Edmonds is starting to do stuff with those third down back catches. So it's really pigeonholing Kenyon Drake into this like – so, yeah, you're right. It's not eulogy time because with the shape of the running back class, like he's he's actually a must start. Dude, 18 that's attempts, is, that's a significant. No, you're right. But he's what? basically like slightly better David Montgomery, which is not what we expected when we were like, no. we were like, you know, tooting our horns for drafting him in the early third. Like we just stole and I can't believe it. I, I can't believe Hopkins either. Like, I, I, thought say, I think Hopkins is kind of like spread the wealth. Yeah. It's yeah. changed this offense significantly. Mm-hmm. It has. You know, this is probably crazy, but there aren't a lot of great fits for Le'Veon Bell in the mm-hmm. NFL. One of the few teams that could be interested in adding a, what could be a, a high end running back that is still in contention. I think the Cardinals, I, they're probably like. Just outside the top three, where there's a chance. But <laughs> what a rascal! What a rascal! He's being a rascal right now, guy. Can you? I do, Hank. I, I think yeah. it's 
That too, Brutus. Truly. Um, I expect this from Andre, but not from you. Like, like I think, I think the bears is where I, it's one of the few teams like that actually has a chance to win a bunch of games and could use an upgrade at running that running back. They're four and one. Oh, you're saying the bears. Yeah. Bears, maybe Colts. I know that that was in there. Uh, Patriots, I I could see. Yeah, the Patriots always. The worst scenario would be the Chiefs. Um, I would die if he went to the Chiefs. Yeah. What about like the? Well, yeah. It's hard. Like there just aren't many teams that could really use him to make a playoff run. I would say Patriots. Patriots would be sneaky fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also, they should all probably wants to stick it to the Jets. He would probably take a little bit less than market value just to stick it to the Jets. I could see that. Yeah. And he'd be playing Possible. the Steelers as well, man. He could stick you know, it to them uh, too. What's what's Nick Chubb's injury looking like? What's the timeline there? I can look. It's not good. But don't it's do not this good. to me. Kareem Because that's is another good. one. If no, they want stop. two running backs right there, I know. Stop. I'm not trying to just go for teams. Wrong, I know. I know. Like that could rely on two backs. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I think Le'Veon Bell's just watched. I went no. back and watched a lot oh. of him just out of curiosity. I don't think he's washed. I, <laughs> he may not have like the top end speed. Everybody wants Thank to point you. to like he never had a 20 yard carry or whatever with the Jets. It's like yeah, it's but then you just sucks, exactly. Man. And and every play he's getting them three yards. You're like, how the hell did that man just pick up three yards right there? And like he play calling is not giving him a chance. The offensive line is not giving him a chance. There isn't yeah. a passing game to really take pressure off him to open up space. There's it's no. I don't think he's done. I mean, he's not. I wouldn't call him like a top ten, top fifteen back necessarily. But like he's gonna get a chance on another team, and I don't think he's done. Would you pick him up on waivers? Just assuming that he's off going waivers? to get shot. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. What? I mean, yeah, because he, whoever picks out? him up, yeah, because whoever picks him up is going to have a plan for him. That's that's a quintessential waiver wire pickup for me right there. Like, really? You're looking you're looking at something with a high ceiling. That's what I want, man. I mean, it could not work out, but this is a waiver wire pickup we're talking mm-hmm. about. If I have to trade for him, if I have to give up something for him, that's a different conversation. Then it depends sure. on how much you're willing to give up for him. But if you're picking up off waivers for free, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and what's tough for me, you know, we, we've talked about my team quite a bit in the last show, but like DeAndre Swift, when I cut DeAndre Swift for the lottery ticket of Le'Veon Bell, I I don't know. I can tell you that I was disappointed to see that he was still on a roster tonight. Yeah, but think about, I mean, the Nick Chubb owners out there, Saquon Barkley owners, if you had, mm-hmm. you know, Christian McCaffrey and you didn't get Mike Davis, there's so many injuries that have happened, and I think we have yet to see – there's going to be some more significant ones as the weeks go on. I think you have to take that chance, especially just the way that running backs are looking right now. I mean, it's it's pretty wild, man. Yeah. yeah. True. One waiver wire pickup that's out there is in the next game, um, but said waiver wire pickup has not given promising results. That's Boston Scott in this uh, Philly-Pittsburgh game where Ray-Ray McLeod uh, led all Steelers rushers with 63 yards on just two carries. Don't think that 
um, is all that translatable, but that's another messy backfield in Pittsburgh. While Miles Sanders on the other side um, has a really nice day. But I'm bearing the lead. This was a matchup of the two most intriguing waiver wire pickups out there this week. I would take both these guys over Le'Veon Bell on my waiver wire claims. Um, Chase Claypool, my O Canada reference, was to him uh, the Canadian. I didn't even realize that he was Canadian. Yep. Yep. When you said that, I was like, what is he talking about? And I was like, well, it has to be chase claypool and then i had to do a quick google it's like oh wow canadian oh nice good for you and then travis fulgham who back-to-back weeks i totally thought last week was a fluke because you know it it was mostly that one touchdown catch where he's he turns his head at the last second catches the ball um and makes that phenomenal play on monday night right against the niners Mm -hmm. this one in a loss to the steelers he was clearly their go-to weapon I mean, 13 targets, 10 catches, 152 yards. He even gets himself the touchdown. Um, yeah, he's a hot pickup. Chase Claypool, kind of a must-have because he's a dangerous gadget for you. Dangerous gadget. I will say I caught part of this game. Travis Fulgham, uh, I don't know what the Steelers secondary was doing. They just lost him multiple times and he was wide open. So I don't know if I can really say that what he did was like skill based so much as Chase Claypool just absolutely manhandling DBs. Like he was jumping over him, he was pushing him around, like he was well covered and he was still doing work. And I think he had four touchdowns. One of them was a rushing, three were receiving, and he had a fourth receiving touchdown call back on an offensive pass interference, correct? So that could have been a five touchdown day for him. Obviously I mean you look at the stats and you're like, okay, yeah, this guy had five touchdowns and you know, almost 200-something yards. So you're going to be like, yeah, that was the better guy. I don't think that even tells the full story either. Like, just physically watching him play, he was just on another level. Travis Fulgham, he had a good day. I would put in a waiver wire claim for him, although I wouldn't make it too high, especially considering Carson Wentz still looked like Carson Wentz with two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, But, you know, the way that the Steelers are playing, they love to air it out right now. And Chase Claypool just for the eye test, quote unquote, which not a big fan of the eye test, but just from that eye test looks like otherworldly. He looks like a guy who is the only person outside of Calvin Johnson. Thank you. Oh my God. You beat me to over six, four, 220 (sighs) pounds and run a four, three forty. I was just going to compare him to Megatron. You beat me to not only from what he did in the combine, only Megatron at his size has done what he's done. And we're seeing it already on the football. And you said over 220 pounds. He's listed at two thirty eight. Oh yes. He is. He is well over 200 pounds and he uses that strength too. That's the thing. It's like, you see that and, I, honestly, it scared me away. When we were talking in the draft podcast about Chase Claypool, it's like, yeah, he's a physical freak at Notre Dame and all that kind of stuff. But you see, you're like, how does a 240-pound receiver translate to the NFL? It's like, well, apparently just fine because he's bullying NFL DBs. He could be something special. And the, you know what? The other thing is the the fact that he's a Steeler. And the Steelers saw him and said, we want this guy and then this happened. The Steelers have a great history of doing exactly that. They haven't missed oh, on a receiver. They do, oh, yeah. But they've had Ben Roethlisberger that whole time. And how much longer That's does Ben Roethlisberger have? That's true. Yeah, he's um, 
Yes, there is that. And you, you know, we'll see how much is going to be reproducible week to week, because I think he is more of a, you know, you know, he, he's a guy you're trying to find on screens and you're trying to manufacture touches for than a guy who just needs to line up and is going to, you know, run his route and win one-on-ones consistently and just dominate uh, week in, week out. But he's insane. And in the modern NFL, a guy like that is already bigger than anyone in a defense's back seven. We don't really have linebackers that are bigger than 6'4", 238 in the modern NFL. A little bigger, but not much, um, and they're not that fast. So Claypool's an outlier. He is the big pickup of the week. Um, I think this is the pickup of the year, to be honest, man. Yeah, with with Justin Jefferson a couple weeks ago, but yeah, he yeah, probably took the edge, right? Like, what three point eight this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did not have. That. And also Kirk Cousins and that Vikings offense. Versus Ben Roethlisberger in the Steelers offense, man. Yeah. And, I mean, in, in dynasties, he shouldn't be available. But if you're in funky dynasties like Hank is in, uh, make question. sure for keepers. I mean, ooh. What would you be willing to trade for him in a dynasty? Because obviously his dynasty value is, like, right now, his value is pretty high. But in dynasty? Oof. In dynasty. think, like, how long does Ben Roethlisberger have and what happens after right. him? Because... Their backups there are like pretty abysmal, man. Duck Hodges and I don't even remember who the heck else they have. Well, the other guy who got yeah, bashed Mason by Miles Rudolph. Garrett, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, they're just they are not good. So, as skilled as he is, like, is he quarterback proof? Big question. Um, in a dynasty, though, I mean, he probably is already feeling like one of the ten hottest commodities in that kind of format. And that's where dynasties can get funky and funny. Um, if you had Chase Claypool, owners might be willing to do something crazy, you know? Maybe you could get him for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if someone's getting a little scared, you know? And I might like what? Chase Claypool over that. Um, you know, I, I, if I had Chase Claypool, which I do in one dynasty, to pry him from my hands, you got to give me at least two firsts. At two least. First, wow. Um, yeah, because to me in Dynasty, you know, the longevity of running backs is very short, three, four years. Wide receivers can be high-level producers for 10-plus. Um, so to me, a guy like this is potentially one of the hotter commodities in all of Dynasties. Um, so anyways, hot, hot pickup, yeah, pickup of the year. Um, don't disagree with that. And Fulgham's right up there, if for nothing else, because of just, like – the touches he's getting in that offense compared to anyone else are just uh, overwhelming. Um, and in fact, they were the top two performing wide receivers in week five for full PPRs. Third was Brandon Cooks, which like, of course he was. Uh, of course he was. I said Will Fuller was. This was an old Fuller week. So of course it's a Brandon Cooks week. Ugh. Adam Thielen has a nice <laughs> week. Mike Williams who's available on waiver wires in Hank's um, funky dynasty, DK Metcalf and our boy Jamison Crowder with Hopkins, Emmanuel Sanders and Calvin Ridley to follow AJ Brown behind all of those nice, nice return to form for AJ Brown. Before we get into the Tuesday night game and the rest of the slate um, and the other sneakier waiver wire pickups, since we've already covered the big ones, once again, shout out to our sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. 
um, fire up that app, get in on some props. John U. Smith props, which I said were the highest uh, bet on. They get the reception at the very end with that touchdown, mm-hmm. but I think it was just short on yards, wasn't he? It was. Um, I had it. I had it just short on yards, but I haven't done oh, the bummer. Absolute bummer. Um, but you know that was one of the highest bet props. You also could have got um, fantasy points on Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill. All those kind of guys. You can do this every single game in the NFL. You can do it with all sports. It's phenomenal. I have parlays on my Italian teams. It, it, it's just beautiful. So download the top-rated drafting sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up and get up to one thousand dollars. That's code DMVR to get a sign-up bonus up to a thousand dollars for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be twenty-one or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply to DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Oh, that, that was a beautiful place to stop with that uh, Pennsylvania Derby, as I've called it, because those were really... Um, I, I enjoyed us getting in on Claypool there. I will not enjoy talking about the trash that is the Washington football team. Oh, gosh. I mean, how can you justify anyone? Even Terry McLaurin is starting to prove that it, he can't overcome the trash that is this offense. I mean, this was really – this was just a cruel experiment having, um, you know, Washington's quarterback sacked eight times. They had no chance. Um, Gibson, who's probably the only guy aside from McLaurin, you would start. Um, yeah, like nothing to write home here. Um, they need Dwayne Haskins, honestly. <laughs> I have, you know, Jared Goff, on the other hand, I'm kicking myself because in my one league where I have Dak, I asked you guys on last show, I think, should I pick up Goff on the waiver wire to kind of have him as my backup? That didn't go through. And then, of course, Dak gets injured, and now he is not available. So I am uh, back to the drawing board, and it's options like Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, it's a it's a much lower tier now. Uh, disappointing Wait, game. Ben Roethlisberger is a lower tier? I thought he's been playing well. Yeah, I mean, in fantasy, he's, you know, he's certainly not Goff who's been a, a top 10 performer. Um, and he's certainly not Dak, who was a walking 400 yards, uh, which was really nice to have on my fantasy team in that league where you and I will probably see each other in the finals, good sir. So, I just lost an 0-4 team, so I maybe shouldn't be talking too much. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I, have I, my, I think I picked up my first loss of the season. Oh. What a bummer. Um, speaking of losses on the season, it's been nonstop for Tyler Higby owners. And Gerald Everett, the other tight end, actually um, leads the Rams in receiving yards in this one, making the most of four targets. Is it time for Hank to write a eulogy on this one? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and which sucks because Tyler Higby's really good. And Gerald Everett's really good. And there are reasons why that offense is so good. But in the way that there are very few offenses that can sustain three receivers fantasy-wise, there are essentially zero offenses that can sustain two tight ends. And when you have two tight ends, basically that just means you don't have any fantasy tight ends. 
Do I get to take my uh, my victory lap now? Cool. Yeah, one around your room real quick. Yeah, what was it, two, three weeks yeah, ago? After that three-touchdown performance, I said, you got to be careful, man. He's only getting, what is this, three receptions, five, two, three, two. And, like, he, his highest yardage total is 54 in that three-touchdown game. Outside of that, 40-40, 20-12, he's mm-hmm. entirely touchdown dependent. And the only time he's had a touchdown is in that three-touchdown game. Uh, I mean... Yeah, it's not surprising to me whatsoever, man. And I think that going into the season, when everyone was super hyped on Higby, I was down on him. elevated to a top six guy because he ended the final eight games of last year. He was unstoppable. You saw it coming from afar. Credit to you. It's, I mean, it's over for Higby. It's over. I hope you have Johnny Smith or some of the other tight ends we've highlighted throughout the year already. Daryl Henderson's sneaky, terrible game in real life gets himself two touchdowns, though. So it's actually quite a nice fantasy performance. But a little concerned as someone who bought early sock in Daryl Henderson because Cam Akers did have a bit of a breakout game with nine touches for 61 yards. So we will be monitoring that closely. If Cam Akers is available in your league, that's a sneaky little pickup I yeah, and this is hot on the heels of a uh, bad performance against the Giants, too, who he really should have taken advantage of. So, yeah, concerned about him right now. Not even a target in the passing in the passing game for Cam Akers, though, which, you know, yeah. it, it's one game, it's a small sample size, but you would like to see a little yeah. bit more there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I think they're just working him in slowly right now. Someone else who's being worked in slowly in our next game is T. Higgins, and I've got a pick two out of five scenario with T. Higgins involved. I hope y'all are ready. These are the hot names on the streets, kids. Pick two of these five. Fulgham, Claypool, Crowder, T. Higgins, Preston Williams. No, no, no. LaVisca Shaw. LaVisca Shaw. No Preston Williams. I think it is Crowder Claypool. Visca, he's he's so close. He, he's consistently putting Chase up Claypool like six, seven, eight points. But when Claypool Visca has a, a game like he just had, you you got to go with that because he has had all the touchdowns. He had has had just a massive game. Yeah, Visca is like I mean he's got he's three inches shorter than Claypool, but he like Claypool is playing the way that I wanted Visca to play. Like, in my yeah. dreams, that's how I see Visca playing. It's true. Uh, but that team, I mean, they started off hot, and now they're starting to, you know, revert back Offense to... Offense is dying off, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Revert back to expectations. So, uh, even James Robinson, who was looking good for a couple of weeks, has fallen back to earth. If you, could have, if you sold him, then good job doing that. But now it doesn't seem like it's anyone's going to be buying at this point, and you kind of missed your opportunity. Jags and it's, uh, from as a whole right now. It's funny that you bring up James Robinson because uh, not only is he in my would you rather game, uh, he's actually going up against one of the Bengals, Joe Mixon. Who do you take the rest of the season? James Robinson so far, thirteen and a half points per game. Mixon thirteen point one. Are you asking me personally that because I was banging uh, the drum for Joe Mixon? I know, yeah. Foretelling his return. Telling people to buy low on him for a couple weeks now. He blew up. You can buy lower now. But he blew up in one game, and then they went back to having a bad matchup. Dude, it was the Ravens. 
I know, but he has to play them twice a year, and everyone kind of treats (laughs) the Bengals like the Ravens. He's got one of them out of the way, man. That's true. 24 carries, 59 yards is a rough look. Fine. If if a mix and under selling right now, I'm buying. All right. Dre, James Um, Robinson or Joe Mixon? I mean, I think it's Mixon. Begrudgingly. I'm not too happy about that. Begrudgingly, it's Mixon. Um, yeah, just barely, even as disappointing as Mixon's been, he's just been just slightly behind James Robinson. Um, I mean, I'm looking right now. He had not like they're trending in a different direction, but yeah, Mixon is the safer, like dude, 24, 24 rushing attempts is pretty ludicrous. He only went for 59 yards on that, but that's because like, what's he going to do against that Ravens team? And I get it. They have to play them once more this year, but 24 rushing attempts is a lot of volume. Also, twenty-four attempts, oh, along yeah. of seven. Right, but he had <laughs> six receptions for thirty-five as well. So if you're playing in PPR, that's an extra nine and a half points right mm-hmm. there, on top of five point nine. So that's what. I mean, he's also 4. the only running back who got carries rushing attempts. Yeah. In game, so it's kind of his. Fifteen point four points in a PPR in a game where they only scored three points. Yeah. He did that without a touchdown, man. I'm still I'll buying Mixon, dude. If a Mixon owner's selling him, buy. That was like. Yeah, it depends on the price, but you're right. I mean, he's a top 10 guy. I, I want to go back to that would you rather take Crowder out, just the young guys? I think the answer is Claypool and Higgins. And I love LaVisca. Really? Um, it has the more guaranteed touches of that whole group. Did you put Justin Jefferson in there? I didn't. I thought Justin Jefferson was too much of an automatic. Um, I was going to say. But well, I, I would I would take Claypool over Jefferson right now. That's an interesting conversation. I don't know. I would take a bet that Jefferson will outscore Claypool the rest of the run. Okay, on. mark that down. Uh, um, aren't, yeah, aren't you our you are no no and I, I can't i can't if i'm if i'm hosting and hank's no longer hosting then i need another scribe you've been selected as the scribe um oh, lucky me lots of takeaways from this ravens Bengals. for one it's eulogy time for mark ingram i'm not asking i'm saying i mean <laughs> it, i i get it um he he was in that tier coming into the year with the David Johnsons, the Todd Gurleys, the Le'Veon Bells, even if you will. Uh, we, we've created some clear separation. Mark Ingram's still important for that uh, locker room, and that backfield's a disaster fantasy-wise because they're splitting carries every which way. It's a mess. Uh, I have a ton of would-you-rathers on the quarterback side, though, because Lamar Jackson, one of only two quarterbacks that we justified a first-round selection – is QB 15, uh, 15 mm-hmm. kids um, in standard leagues, and that's not good. That's bad. Um, so, yeah, would you rather the rest of the way, knowing what you know now, Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson, obviously in a redraft? Oh. I came into this thinking, I am not giving up on Lamar Jackson. He right. is going to bounce back. He is right. the perfect fantasy quarterback. He's yeah, in a great situation. 
he's going to be just fine. I am not concerned. I'm not falling for Dre's trying to bait it, bait me into saying whatever. And then you bring up Aaron Rodgers, who I think is going to be the MVP this year. And how do you say no to that? I, I think I think you have to go Rodgers. Fifth highest scoring fantasy quarterback guy, Rodgers or Lamar. I've got it's a rough. couple of these. Yeah, it's, it's rough. rough. Uh, I mean, even in a game where they absolutely just whooped up on the Bengals, he had, let's see, 19 for 37, 180 yards, two touchdowns, one in. And he had two attempts rushing for three yards. That that was like a game where you would expect him to just be lighting up the scoreboard, and he didn't. So I got to go Rodgers. As much as I don't want to, I have to go Rodgers at this point because – like Hank, I was like, no way. Like They finally found their footing. This is where he turns it all around, and then I just looked at the stats. Uh, what? In a game where they won, what, 37, 27 to 3? Only and two carries, does. three rushing yards, three no yards. rushing touchdowns. Not yeah. good, folks. Not this good. is the first time they haven't scored 30 points, oh, which wow. is pretty crazy. That is crazy. Right? Oh, no. No, no. Ravens, Chiefs, they, they only put up 20. That, for a second, though, I was like, what is That's happening? That's how crazy. Yeah. It was so crazy. Only 20. Game. In standard leagues, he's averaging 19.6 uh, points per game. That's a He's in a three-way tie with Jared Goff and Ryan Tan. Okay. Well, would you rather Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Josh Allen currently the third highest scoring <laughs> fantasy quarterback. <laughs> it's Lamar Jackson. Okay, good uh, guy. <laughs> I love that he didn't care to expand on that, but that's just fine. Did he say Lamar Jackson? Yeah, he said yeah. Lamar Jackson. No, Josh Allen. This is one Bet. blip on the radar, and Josh Allen's the number three scoring QB, man. No. Bet? I don't even know on this one. Bet, yeah. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, we're betting. So that's uh, rest, of the, rest, rest, of, rest the of the season? Rest of the season. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kyler or Lamar? <laughs> Come on. Don't do this to me. You it's already Lamar. know my answer, man. It's Lamar. No, it's not. It's Kyler, dude. <laughs> Guy's going to pick the other one every single time. And I'm and not I doing it, it to spite your And picking. I don't think you're wrong. I was I so high on the Cardinals and Kyler Murray going into this. I have money down that Kyler Murray is going to be the MVP, which at this point, not looking so hot. But I still believe in Kyler Murray, man. And that, offense, that, af- that offense is utilizing it so much better than the Ravens are. Sixth highest score- scoring quarterback in fantasy, you're Kyler Murray. <clears throat> okay. Final. You guys are cracking me up. Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I think this one isn't even a question. I, I think I, it, it has to be Russ. Yeah. No, yep. It's Lamar, man. Whoa. Nah, just kidding. I'm kidding. Of course it's Russ, dude. This is his. Uh, he's already won the MVP in my mind. He's wild, man. Wild. You have weapons. If it's you have over. weapons like that, you should be winning MVP. Bro, you're not wrong. I mean, I mean, you say he should be, but at the same time, he's still playing very well on his own right. It's not like mm-hmm. the receivers are carrying him by any means. Well, he's lights up. He's lights up. Yeah. We've already kind of touched on um, a Jags Texans here. Um, with James Robinson's fall, uh, stupid Brandon Cooks getting all the receptions in this That's one. Boy. And uh, actually, Visca bouncing back. That's an all-timer. That bet is going to be lit to like yeah. week 16. Visca's um, trending up still. Visca's definitely trending up. That's why I had 
T. Higgins and Biscuit, even Preston Williams mm-hmm. in that mix. All those guys trending up, get seen more touches in their respective offenses, which is exciting. I should mention, Will Fuller still not garbage. Let's get a touchdown on 4 of 58, eight targets. Could have done more. Darren Fells, I don't know if you're desperate. I guess that's a um, <laughs> tight end option out there. And Minshew, who's kind of looking like poor man's Fitzmagic to me. So fantasy viable-ish is spreading the wealth too much amongst these wide receivers um, in Jacksonville to to where no one's really getting a, a dominant share. We even saw a resurgent from Chris Thompson in this one and a decent game from David Johnson. Um, not sure if you guys have any notes on Jags-Texans. Um, I have uh, one question for you. Mm-hmm. Keelan Cole or Jarvis Landry? Keelan Cole putting up a little over a point more per game. I think I'd go Landry. Still, I'd go Landry as well. Keelan Cole had two receptions for twenty-five yards and a touchdown. I mean, without that touchdown, no, it's true. I I don't trust in Keelan Cole, and I also don't think that Gardner Minshew is. I mean, to his credit, he didn't throw any interceptions, but at the same time, I don't think he's taking enough risks, and. Uh, in terms of like you know explosive plays and things like that, they're missing that in Jacksonville right now, uh, in lieu of safety, which I don't think they really need safety right now. When you're down by what is that, 16 points? Are you seriously still trying to play it safe? Come on. I mean, he's throwing it 40 times a game, so he is giving you fantasy points. He's averaging 18.9. But yeah, you're right. He's not a sustainable option in dynasties. Now would be a good time to try and sell because. Clearly not the the guy you're trying to build around long-term. I would move on to Dolphins-Niners here. Um, the shocker of the week in a lot of ways. Preston Williams, the big winner. Mike Gusecki looking good. Um, Devontae Parker even does something. Here's a fun little theory. If you can't get all the hot waiver claims we've talked about, and obviously if he's still available in your league because he did have a nice little game Last week, Brandon Ayuk, nothing crazy, three receptions for 44 yards. He's trending in the right direction with a lot of things going wrong for the Niners offense. The last two weeks, Ayuk is going right. If you just look at the raw fantasy numbers, nothing too spectacular, which is why he is available still in a lot of leagues. But a sneaky pickup because his big game is right around the corner with how he's trending. I disagree. I think Debo Samuel, they're just playing it safe with him right now because he's coming back from that injury. And I think Brandon Ayuk is, you know, this is the end of his relevance once Debo Samuel yeah. is fully healthy. Wow. I, um, think, I mean, it has be more playmakers than just three with Kittle in the mix, too. But he's yeah. looking more... More explosive. Debo's got more physicality to his game, but he's looking more explosive so far than Debo. I mean, he's he jumps off the screen. He, he really moves nicely. Yeah, yeah. That'll that's be tough, should we take? Should we make that a bet? Ayuk versus Debo, rest of the way. Yeah, let's go. Are you up for it? Okay, I'm writing it down. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Browns Colts. Browns Colts. Uh, yeah, so we might as well just run through how this was the week of the handcuffs. Guys like Alexander Madison, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt, 
all uh, having nice weeks and proving to be very fantasy viable. All names, um, especially you, outlined in the preseason guy. So pat yourself on the back Sorry, with that it. one. The handcuffs, uh, Kareem oh, Hunt, yes. Chase Edmonds, and who's the other one? I Alexander Madison. Madison. Alexander Madison, all having big weeks and really appreciating um, this week. The Madison one, you can't. I don't know. I mean, with everything that was happening with Dalvin Cook before the season, you got to see with the obvious one. Chase Edmonds, I wish I was not correct on that one. Kareem Hunt, though, you already know I'm through the roof on that guy. And not even like an insane game, but he gets the touchdown in the receiving game. That offense has just been so creative. He's just a valuable weapon. And I know fantasy-wise, he didn't do a ton, but Odo Beckham Jr. looks very much back. And this offense looks like one that is exploiting him very nicely. If I were to target someone, um, you know, Maybe off a down week, you can kind of catch someone slipping on OBJ. He looks back to being one of those truly dominant forces. And so I definitely target him like in Dynasty Leagues, especially because he's mm-hmm. looking back. He's looking back. I, I would target him in PPR leagues in particular, too, because I do think that what's been working for the Browns is getting the ball in his hands. And it seems like they're kind of just getting him the ball and letting him work a lot more than I remember seeing in the past. It seemed like before there was more downfield type of stuff. And now they've almost just taken five yards off of every route and thrown him the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I might not be pass it. They're letting him rush it. Like, yeah. They're trying to get him involved in whatever way they can. I mean, I mean next and, you know, they're going to have him start kicking it. If that's what it takes to keep that guy from complaining on Instagram, then that's what you do. (laughs) And we should mention Jonathan Taylor gets his 15 fantasy points. This has kind of been the theme with Jonathan Taylor. Keeps Keeps underwhelming my expectations going into the week, but manages to get himself enough touches, enough fantasy points, gets in the end zone to be fantasy viable and with the lack of depth at the running back position. That's certainly quite important. Um, Giants-Cowboys, massive bummer with Prescott. Though I do think Ezekiel Elliott owners are probably breathing a sigh of relief um, and feeling like Zeke is going to have to get more touches and pick it up a little. Andy Dalton, kind of a sneaky pickup because that is an offense that will generate a lot of points. Um, Mm -hmm. So really deep leagues, I would consider that. Um, Darius Slayton keeps looking good, and kind of the sneaky story of this game is Devontae Freeman. Is this just a Cowboys trash defense, or is he a sneaky option in your flex? No, this is a Cowboys trash defense, man. That team has had a trash defense against plenty of other teams. Um, Even with Dak Prescott, we talked about this earlier, even with Dak Prescott having a career year by anyone's metric, uh, that team has still been bad. I mean, they're, what, two and th- they're two and three right now, and they beat the Giants by three points. Come on, man. Like, that defense is absolutely abysmal. And, yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton will be interesting to watch, but ooh, I, I very much hesitate to buy into anything that the Cowboys are doing right now. And if someone wants to buy a Gallup, a lamb, uh, I'm silent. Cooper, yeah. Cooper especially, though, I mean, his stock has plummeted. Another yeah, of those Zeke I would hold on to just because 
no matter what happens, like I will always be involved. But uh, I think this is sneaky huge for Zeke. I think, you know, Devontae Freeman might be worth a pickup, but yeah, definitely not a high priority pickup. Um, Decent game, 60 yards. The touchdown saved him. He was involved in the passing game, but it's the Cowboys defense. And I think that, like, if the Broncos wanted to hand the ball off to Royce Freeman 17 times, like Devontae Freeman got 17 carries. I wouldn't be surprised if he put up about the same stat line with those carries. And so I'm not ready to say that Devontae Freeman is going to be a good fantasy asset, but I do think that there's a good chance he will be the bell cow back for the Giants. And maybe when he goes up against weaker defenses, things will work out. I don't know. I'll move on to our next game because maybe, well, not maybe, probably almost certainly – the better pickup at running back as far as sneaky pickups is Alexander Madison. Probably more of a priority pickup because he did have such a massive game in what I'm calling the Gary Kubiak special, where the Vikings ran 41 times, were able to really limit the amount of times Russell Wilson was on the field, and yet Russell Wilson still put a rabbit out of his hat at the very end. Um, this was also DK Metcalf's like true not coming out party, but like announcement that he's here. I was say, he's already been out. Man. He is here. Um, yeah, he's like RuPaul. He's been out for a while. He's a he's a top dog. A lot of reshuffling in these wide receiver rankings. You know, a lot of that top ten, you're kind of funneling them out, and you know, who are you filling it with? Yeah, well, Jamison Crowder been at the top the whole time, hasn't he? At the top all like year, in the top three to five. The the thing about DK I'll though. Like, um, you're just going through the lines, 95 yards and a touchdown week one, but that was against the Falcons. And you're like, ah, I'm not so sure about the Falcons. The next week, 92 yards and a touchdown against the Patriots. And you're like, okay, I like the Patriots. But then it does against the Cowboys, does against the Dolphins, does against the Vikings. Now that we've seen this much, I'm not saying like he's here as in play him. I'm saying like he's here as in all pro he's here. Yeah, oh, okay. that's what I mean. I thought you were about to say like – go the opposite direction on this and say be cautious <laughs> like oh, what more does this guy have to do for you well man? earlier in the season i thought Lockett was the guy killing it fantasy wise but right now yeah. dk is the fourth highest scoring uh wide receiver in fantasy that's not per game that's fourth highest scoring overall um and Lockett is top 10 as well cd lamb sneakily just behind Lockett as well he's had an i'd be interested to know uh, I'll have to go back and do some more research, but I'd be interested to know for this game because he had what eight for one twenty-four. CD Lamb did not to backtrack to the Cowboys here, but I'd be interested to know how much that production came before Dak was injured and how much came after. Because yeah, Gallup, um, Gallup definitely seemed to be the one who got a few more touches. Uh, I can't from remember. Dalton. Yeah, from Dalton. I will say, though, going back to the Vikings, uh, you talked about Alexander Madison being the hot running back pickup. Yeah. It looks like Dalvin Cook is only going to miss maybe right. a week. That's why. There's a chance he could play six, but they said the MRI went really well, and they might just hold him out one week. Right. So that's why I think Madison is still gettable because mm-hmm. – you might have to pick them up, start them a week, stash them away another couple weeks. But I mean, nice insurance. Like, 
just yeah. a just a spidey sense that he might be a very viable running back the final eight weeks. Um, a spidey sense you have had all along as well, guys. So uh, just you know throwing that out there. Um, Thielen also had a big game in this one, and uh, Ish Smith, the tight end for the Vikings, uh, got notable touches with all the mess that's going on in tight end land. Um, that would be a nice little pickup. Also, backtracking again to the Giants game, nice to see Evan Ingram, even though not as a classically used, but still get some touches and get in the end. So they're at least trying their best. Okay, final primetime games. We had Chargers Saints. I got a question from a listener reaching out, and he asked, am I crazy for wanting to flip or for wanting to pick up Justin Herbert and drop Drew Brees. And I said, you're not crazy, though I might consider dropping someone other than Brees just because Brees is still producing at a high level because he's in that offense. But uh, yeah, no, Herbert's Herbert's good, um, even with them just scoring seven touchdowns in the second half and OT, Herbert still has a monster day, um, and you just like the upside fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. We should also talk about Justin Jackson versus Josh Kelly here. I thought I thought Josh Kelly, I thought he had this job locked up, man. He yep. did Justin to start Jackson the year. did a he lot did. more with it. And Justin he did Jackson, more touches. Justin Jackson looked way better. And he was he more involved in the passing game, too. Oh, wait. The burst on him was just another level. Another. Um, he he was extraordinary compared to Josh Kelly, who has been a massive bummer. You know, he, he kind of got benched early on. Like week two, he had a fumble and then got benched. And I don't think he's been the same ever since. Uh, and big game for Mike Williams here. Um you know, new quarterbacks, you try to figure out there's always, like, new favorite targets. Mike Williams' stock might have just increased since it's more of a vertical passing game. A lot more kind of 50-50 balls being tossed up on the outside with how um, Herbert's playing. And Emmanuel Sanders has a massive game, and, like, Alvin Kamara keeps on being an alien. It's crazy that Alvin Kamara, this is basically his floor, and he had, what, 19.9 points? That's pretty wild. He has been, he has, he is having an all-time special fantasy season. Um, he's averaging 29.9 points per game. Uh, yeah. We should knock on wood, man. Fantasy. I mean, and that's full PPRs, which is really where his value is. Yeah, I mean, he still was the ninth highest performing fantasy player. He is insane, man. Yep. So, yeah, Herbert, kind of like Tannehill, a sneaky pickup at quarterback if you're a Dak owner, for example. Or if you're maybe you're a Matt Ryan owner guy and you're ready to not move on completely, but at least... Move on completely. <laughs> move on. Move on completely. <laughs> so, okay, rank running back pickups this week. Le'Veon, in no order, Le'Veon Bell, Justin Jackson, Devontae Freeman, Alexander Madison. Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. <laughs> Chase Edmonds, yeah. Wow. I mean, I'll go I, I'm pretty Bell sure that 
Le'Veon is on rosters in like 90% of leagues still. But if he's available, I would put yeah. him at the top. I, I and then I would probably say Justin did. Jackson. But the fact that he's not available in temper or ninety percent of leagues kind of tells you that he should be rostered more I don't often think than he not. Should I don't think there'll ever be a week where you're kicking yourself for not starting Le'Veon Bell. I, mean, I do think you'll it? have many weeks. I think you'll have more than four weeks where you're kicking yourself for not picking up Alexander Madison. I think Madison's at the top of my. Based on the fact that Davin Cook's MRI went so well, I I can't put him that high, man. But I'm playing I mean, the long game, guy. I know, but I don't. Just I don't like think you are with Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell's the long play there. I think he's the correct play because he has higher long-term potential than Alexander Madison. That's just me. Assuming full PPR, I would go Madison Edmonds Jackson. I'm I'm not buying Bell. And maybe it's, you know, I've been a Jets-Giants hater all year. I need to get the – he needs to get the Jets stank off him for me to but, believe first. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I can't make a bet on anything until I see where he goes. But yeah, if that's, he's available, yep. I am picking him up. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and I hope that none of my league mates are watching this show right now. Interesting. Okay, we'll close it out with the Tuesday nighter. Um Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, we've kind of touched on some of this. Disappointing game from the Bills' backfield with TJ Yeldon getting most of the carries, you know, Singletary not doing much. Um, From the Buffalo side, kind of, that was all she wrote. From the Tennessee side, uh, boy, A.J. Brown comes back with a vengeance. Derrick Henry gets you two touchdowns, and A.J. – and – Jonu Smith gets you two touchdowns, um, and even Tannehill had an incredible game. So while I was a hater earlier on bets, from a fantasy standpoint, uh, you know, Jonu, Tannehill, buying stock in these guys, and I'm glad A.J. Brown's back. I mean, I had him in a lot of leagues, had to sit him for a lot of weeks, but it's nice to have him back, really nice. It really is. He looked like he was back. He he is just so strong. Like when they throw him the ball, he's boxing out any corner you put on him. And and I mean that's why he caught seven of his nine targets. And I think that's going to be the case. He is just going to be very efficient. Um my question is, would you rather have Derrick Henry the rest of the season or Chris Carson? King Henry for me. Half point. Yeah, let's call half point. Half point? point? All formats I'm going Henry. That's a good one, man. I'll probably take Henry as well, although... Oh, man, that's a really good one. I'd take Henry. Um, I know that Chris Carson was averaging 15.8. Derrick Henry was averaging 15.5 before tonight. Um, That's crazy. Probably pretty much balanced it out tonight. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I would just take Henry. Um, the reliability there. But yeah, just the way that they center that offense around him. I mean, Ryan Tannehill. Don't get me wrong; he had a good game, but he was twenty for twenty eight, hundred ninety five yards. It's that's not like they're really they're not airing it out that much. It it centers around Derrick Henry. Yeah, it does. 
and those potential touchdowns. Yeah. But that's what Carson gets too. That's where Carson's value really is. But I think if you look at also from like an injury standpoint, has Derek Henry ever missed a game due to injury? He's made a lot of other people miss games. Even though the last, yeah, exactly. The last Chris Carson injury, you can't really hold that against him because it was a cheap shot. But he did have some injury concerns coming into the season. He has had some in the in seasons past. So I would say that Derek Henry is definitely a safer play for there as well. Yeah, I would too. But that is one, like, if you're an owner where it's kind of a question, you could try to sneak a two-for-one out of a Chris Carson owner if you have Henry, you know. Like, yeah. uh, guy, if I were at a – you're a Derek Henry owner, and I had yeah. Chris Carson – and Kenyon Drake, and I offered both yeah. of those up for, let's see. Yeah, just instant um, accept. Yeah. David Montgomery, same thing. Swap him out for Kenyon Drake. You still take that two for one? It's hard two for one for two would, running backs, too. Like, man. very few people have two. It would also have, I would also have to see what my team looked like. Oh, yeah, sure. But I would probably take that, too. I think it's close enough there. Right. Do we want to answer some questions? Do we have any? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's... We got one in the comments here. We can hit real quick. Yeah, lay it yeah. on so That us. was our last game to cover right there. Lay it on us. And then, yeah, I'm checking my notes. I covered everything I had, and I remind all our listeners to tune in Thursday. Send us all your questions there, start sits, all that kind of stuff. We'll pick some good ones from the Discord and what have you as well. But, yeah, lay it on us. What do we have from the comments? Guys? Cool. Miles Sanders for digs. Ooh. I would say no. I would rather have yes. Miles Sanders in this one. What's so tough is that there are oh, so few running no, backs right, worth right, right. starting this year. Yes. And, I'm and, on the Sanders side. Yes, I agree. And, and if it weren't for the fact that it's so hard to replace running backs, I would probably say trade him. But because it is so hard to replace running backs, I just don't think you can justify it. Like, especially also, because if somebody's trying to make this trade with you, they're probably desperate for running backs, and I bet you could pull something more out of it than just upon Diggs. That's a good point. Um, also, I kind of feel like with all the struggles the Eagles offense has had on the line and everything else, and they've been like down in all these games, what Miles Sanders has been able to do production-wise has been out-freaking-standing this year yeah, yeah. Um, considering all those factors. And if they can just improve, if they can just get a little healthier on offense and figure some of this stuff out – you know, this is a coaching staff and a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. Um, I think Miles Sanders' stock will just take off from where it's already at very high now. Um, and, you know, Diggs, when I was running through those top 10 wide receivers, I don't believe Diggs came up. Let's see in full PPR just where he ran. I think it's worth noting the schedule for Miles Sanders. Plays the Ravens this week, which is obviously an incredibly tough matchup. But then there's a pretty nice stretch right after where he plays the Giants and then the Cowboys and then the Giants again. And then the Browns. Yeah, and Diggs is wide receiver um, 15 for total fantasy points. So good, good, very good in standard um, fantasy. And he's top 10 for per game, but not quite the level of trading for a top 10 running back when yeah. that is such a valuable commodity this year. I think like Hank said, having like the replaceability factor, I think that, that really solidifies it for me, but yeah. Sanders easy. 
Booyah. Beautiful. Well, thank Any you for your questions. Nope. Cool. Thanks, folks. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Good luck on your waiver wires. This is going to be probably, I think it's the busiest one we've had of the year with all the names we've kind of tossed out there. Um, even one where you might want to reshuffle your quarterbacks and tight ends to some extent with some of the eulogies we wrote today, some interesting trade proposals in the Would You Rathers. Take advantage of that. We will be back Thursday. Nice to have you back, guy. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.